0: Hello, welcome to the PSG Think Big series podcast. In today's podcast, Bruce Whitfield speaks to Professor Bunang Mohali on the future of economic policy.
1: Hello and welcome to another edition of our Think Big series brought to you by PSG. I'm Abigail Mansami, manager of public policy and regulatory affairs. PSG is a leading financial services group that has been around since 1998. And we strive to provide our clients with a bigger picture approach to their financial needs, whether it's asset and wealth management or short-term insurance. We have an extensive national footprint in South Africa and a presence in Namibia. If you are not familiar with our Think Big series, it is basically a collection of dialogues with leading speakers hosted by the famous financial journalist Bruce Whitfield. Our objective with this series is to bring you factual insights, which may help you formulate your own opinion on some of our country's most pressing and topical issues. Our social media campaign is hashtag ThinkBigPSG. Remember, this series is free. It's shareable and it's open to anyone. You do not need to be a PSG client to access the series. Very exciting in today's session, Bruce talks to a powerhouse and leadership guru, Professor Bunang Mohale himself. Where do I begin? Bunang is the Chancellor of the University of the Free State, Professor of Practice in the Johannesburg Business School, Chairman of the BitFace Group Limited, and chairman of SPV. He is a highly respected South African businessman who is known for his active role in seeking to advance the country's interests. He is passionate about leadership, more so ethical leadership, transformation, people development, constructive collaboration as well as integrity. He is, in the words of Adrian Gore, a principled patriotic and pragmatic leader. Bunang was the CEO of Business Leadership South Africa till June, 2019. Prior to joining BLSA, he ended a distinguished term as vice president upstream and chairman of Shell South Africa Limited at the end of June, 2017. Today, Bruce will talk to Bonang on the future of economic policy in South Africa. It's been 28 years and counting since South Africa officially became a democracy, and yet, our economic and socio-economic challenges seem to loom as large as ever. As we head courageously into a future beyond COVID-19, we are all asking the same pivotal questions around South Africa's economic policy. So without any further delay, I would like to hand you over Bruce and Ntate Mohale. Abigail, thank you very much
2: indeed. I mean if she'd taken much longer that would have been the entire podcast because there are a huge number of accolades there. Bonanga. The one she left out she very subtly presents in the
0: background as author as well. Do you enjoy sharing wisdom? I think Bruce we owe it to ourselves because part of leadership is to ensure that you start thinking about your own replacement whilst you still have energy. Therefore, this notion of succession planning, especially in South Africa, is not only key, critical, but crucial. So
2: when you sit down and you write a book, um, and you've written, I think, two to date so far, what is your purpose? What, what are you trying to present as you, as you go in
0: there? Part of what we are called upon to do as leaders is to share liberally the little that we know. That's why the first title of my book is Lift As You Rise, which is an African adage that simply says, you don't have to wait until you are in the C-suite or you have the title. Take two rungs in the corporate ladder of success, extend a hand down and lift another human being. It says nature is a wonderful metaphor for business. Because everything that nature does, it never does for itself, it does for others. Therefore, we need to be selfless, not just unselfish. That's why waters, rivers don't drink their own waters. Trees don't eat their own fruit. In fact, the sun does not shine because itself needs the vitamin D. Flowers don't give us this wonderful fragrance because they themselves want to smell like fontainebleau. This
2: idea of selflessness as opposed to being unselfish. Just in the world of business and in the world of our politics at the moment, we could do a lot more selflessness rather than people just being unselfish. Um, There's a huge amount of selfishness, I would argue, in South African society, a society across all levels, private, public sector, maybe even in civil society.
0: One of the key roles one has as a CEO, if you really think about it reflectively, Number one has to be, but we put our people first, first before what, before profits. First, because people indeed are the business, not the bricks and mortar, not the products and services that we provide. Therefore, if it took me 20 years to be a managing director of the world's biggest elevator company in 1996, which I was. The reason why I share with others liberally, is so that the younger, cleverer, much more hardworking, could do it in five years. Therefore, the title of my second book says, Behold the Turtle. Again, another African adage that when you say it out in full, it says, Behold the Turtle, it only makes progress when its neck is stuck out. A lot of people are comfortable to stick with what they know. They don't want to embarrass themselves by sharing. So... It's actually being vulnerable to say, the little that I've known, the little that I know, I really just want to share it to expand um, this body of work. Lastly, I think in Africa, especially as South Africans, we need to chronicle, archive and curate our own stories. Because you see, there's an African adage that says, until and unless lions have their own storytellers stories about hunting will always glorify the hunter it is so absolutely true well 2022 it's been a hell of a start
2: (laughs) to 2022 um the pandemic um seems to be waning thank goodness omicron less severe in every respect other than transmissibility Um, but certainly hospitalizations were down, deaths were down, South Africa a world leader in identifying um, the variant of Omicron as it was in in one of the earlier variants as well. Uh, But Parliament did burn down and plenty of failings and issues around that. We've started the political year, at 120 kilometers an hour in a, a, an election year for leadership of the governing party of the ANC. And there's never a moment's rest for the wicked, I suppose. But what's your assessment of how
0: things have got started? The one thing that we do consistently is these own goals self inflicted harm. Nobody hates us as South Africa from outside to bring this misfortune to us. We do it ourselves. That's the part I really do not understand. Very few countries will be able to survive what we've gone through. 350 years of colonialism, 98 years of separate development, 48 years of apartheid. Recently, now that we've become Mandela's children, we were already in the throes of state capture. We talk about the nine wasted years. But remember, I think state capture by this ANC-led government has been going on at least for 20 years. And then, as if that's not enough, we're already in a recession. Then Moody's joins Fitch and standards and poor in downgrading us to below investment grade with the effect that the cost of borrowing for government, for business, but for Bruce and Bonner is that much higher for the same quantum of debt. So by the time the pandemic found us, we were prostate, face down and absolutely finished. When I started, I said very few countries can survive a single calamity. We have had four of them, as if that's not enough Bruce, We then, in the throes of these four things that are hitting us from all sides, the two weeks in July of rampant looting, we do it on ourselves where we lose 50 billion rand of GDP, and then we go and take a sitting minister of defence hostage and a minister In the the presidency and deputy. At the time that the world is saying, South Africa give us regulatory certainty and policy stability. Now we ban many hospitals. Charlotte McCrake is the last one. There was Rahima Musa um, and Helen Joseph. But we ban a structure in KwaZulu Natal because we decided to put thatch. With 17 million rent that we get from the national lottery. And I don't know whether we forgot or we add the money that is supposed to bring these lightning poles to attract, like, therefore, it gets hit by lightning. Even nature doesn't help. But you see, the banning of parliament and national keyboard must concern all of us because the two weeks in July, not only. Where we collectively traumatized when those people that are mandated constitutionally to protect us at the moment of need stood by and did nothing, national key point says it needs to be under 24/7 surveillance, and here we are told an ordinary homeless person that waltz in, we are told been wandering around for 30 hours gets into the heart of this and bends it down. The preliminary report from the first responders, the firefighters, says this parliament did not comply with every single solitary one of the fire regulations, and it is their job to be the custodians of those, Bruce. Isn't that the point,
2: though? The point is not necessarily that a homeless man burnt down parliament. People have attacked parliaments for many, many reasons over many years, and we'll find out in the fullness of time perhaps what his motivation was, but it was that failure to do the basics in the same way as increasingly over the years, South Africa has failed to do the basics and we live with the consequences of that. Unless we change our approach to the way in which we run ourselves, govern ourselves uh, and drive our economy, we simply get to see further and further slippage into an area where we can no longer survive the own goals that we've miraculously managed to survive so far.
0: In fact, Bruce, not only are we tethering towards a failed state, I think South Africa is already a failed state. So when you read the Zondo Commission report, it must instill the fear of God in all of us. This report number one of three, four years, it took to do its work, 400 days of hearings, more than 300 witnesses, more than 1,400 um, people that are implicated at the cost of a billion rent, 874 pages. The first report comes with three volumes, The first one is SAA and its associated companies, so here we are talking about SA Technical, South African Express Airways, and Air Chefs, the catering company. The second volume deals with just the good guys, the new age, and then the last one, South African Revenue Service. This entity that we created ourselves from three disparate and separate apartheid structures to be one of the top five revenue collecting agencies in the world. And some of those preliminary findings are absolutely killing Bruce. So when you put it all together, you then have to say, actually why we think we're already a failed state is because one, inequality is widening, racism is at an all time high, black graduates are roaming the streets helplessly, public education has collapsed, public hospital continue to fail the poor and the vulnerable, crucial infrastructure, is lying in decay and lawlessness has now become an epidemic. Risk.
2: Failed state. Um, I would argue that if we were truly in a failed state, in, sta- in a failed state, state of being, if you like, we wouldn't have seen the Zondo report. We wouldn't have seen the strong recommendations. We wouldn't have seen um, that report would never have seen the light of day had a commission ever been appointed in the first place. It's the one thing that I hold on to and say, Right, we have the report, which simply confirms, frankly, what we knew already. It just does so in a legal framework, uh, as will the next two volumes as well, because most of these exposés happened in media four, five, six, seven years ago, anyway, since the days of Antlantlanene getting fired, which was the canary in the coal mine moment for South Africa. Uh, I, do you not see it as rescuable, as turnaroundable? I've just invented a new word, but uh, do you think we could turn this around?
0: But Bruce, you are absolutely so spot on. In fact, you have hit the nail on the head. One of the institutions that is holding is actually the independent um, NPA. It is the men and women that said, not in our name. So the independent judiciary, when he delivered that damning um judgment against a sitting president to say you failed to uphold respect and protect the constitution of this country which is your primary reason for existence it doesn't happen in most countries but i think you see we must prepare ourselves as south africans farms like airlines and countries take a long time to die our trajectory is facing south We are like a Boeing 747-400 that is approaching at 980 kilometers an hour, Mother Earth. Until and unless we can act deliberately, purposefully, intentionally, we are heading for a major crash. But you see, South Africa is amazing. We are a resilient bunch. We always go up to the precipice before we fall over the cliff, we pull back. That's why... We were free when the rest of the world had written us off without firing a single bullet. So I'm hopeful it is rescuable, it is savable, um, but it needs work. It needs a precedent that is not uh, co- consulting, running by commissions, um, but that is decisive, that acts. that Would you like to see must... Sir
2: Borsa replaced in December?
0: No, in fact, he's our not second hope but our last chance because you replace him with whom because at the moment you've got two forces those that chose to aid and abet and partake in state capture and those that have chosen the side of the angels he's made it very clear that he's chosen the side of the angels i liked what he said when he was receiving the a Zondo Commission report. What he was saying during um, the the January the eighth statement. You see, his message was very coherent. It was consistent. It was clear, crisp, concise, and precise.
2: However, he is the president of a state that has been severely disabled. No leader in the world can operate a functional state without functional institutions and too many of the institutions have been hollowed out. There's been a huge amount of focus on restoring SARS and Edward Kiesvetter has done a remarkable job in in getting rid of the the worst of the rot within SARS and beginning a turnaround process. And he had the uplift, thank goodness, of higher commodity prices during 2021, which it enabled him to raise more taxes than perhaps he'd anticipated. So there was a little bit of good news on that front, but that doesn't last forever. Um, we've seen remarkable efforts at Again, trying to restore ESCOM, Andre de Rater. We've seen remarkable efforts across many aspects of South Africa and South African society. What we're not seeing and what is frustrating a huge number of people is swift and severe action against the perpetrators, not only of state capture, but the perpetrators of something as obvious and as blindingly easy to prosecute based on plenty of evidence in the public domain of the July uprising. Um, I mean, it's so and and it's that failing to hold to account that emboldens the crooks
0: and makes the rest of us feel incredibly vulnerable. And thereby send a message that says, actually, crime pays because in South Africa, you've got an 80% chance of pulling a cash in transit and getting away with it. But you see, Bruce. A much more substantial issues that you allude to in your nice characterization of where we act as a people with great natural endowments is the the language that Deputy Chief Justice Zondo uses. When he says he had a few choice things to say about companies such as NetBank, Standard Bank, PwC and others. He then says government should re-examine all contracts with Bain & Company with a view to enable the NPA prosecution. That's why when you started you say part of how state capture works as one of the four pillars is to hollow out the state institutions to make sure that the thieves can get away with it, if not being overtaken by death themselves. That's why as business, we say, we need to bring back that capacity. We need to put in the sweat equity The people that will sit there with the NPA and say, let's prosecute this, not in 10 years, but in 12 months, to send a message that says we are open for business. But also to put in the money, we're creating an integrity fund so that we can support the rewarding of whistleblowers. But we can support whistleblowers better by giving them employment when these politicians say, you see, we'll make an example with you. That's what happens to people that open their big mouth. I think there's a piece that we have to do as a business to restore businesses' own reputation, integrity, and credibility, and thereby regain businesses' social license to operate. Because now we are all being tarred with this black brush. So, I
2: mean, Apple Williams, by way of example of whistleblowers, is still in self-imposed exile. He is somewhere in the world. I've spoken to him a couple of times in the last few months. um, And he is hurting. Um, He's away from his family. He spent the holiday season away from his family. He wants to come back home, but he knows that if he comes back home, there is a chance that somebody um, is going to get him, uh, because he opened his big mouth and he spilled the beans on Bain. I wonder, as a former Chief Executive of Business Leadership South Africa, and I think it was on your watch that Bain was allowed back into the business leadership fold, remind me if that is incorrect, but there's a huge amount of anger of Bain's presence back on the Board of Business Leadership South Africa, and Business Leadership South Africa Quite rightly saying that it wants justice to prevail, it wants investigations to continue. And if Bain is guilty of, is found guilty in courts of law or of underhanded behavior, then must be prosecuted and the right action should be taken. But should Bain really be back within the fold of business leadership if what you are
0: saying is business needs to stand up and be counted? Bruce, actually, during my tenure, we are the ones that banned Bain. But we expelled them as the fourth member because the first one for us to expel, funny enough, didn't come from the public sector. It came from the private sector in KPMG, followed by Transnet and then XCOM. So we, during my tenure, we were sending a clear, unequivocal message that says, if you do things that you shouldn't be doing, then you are choosing not to be part of an organized and formal business. So Bain was only readmitted in April of last year. Six, okay, so seven after, months, your time, after your yeah, time. Six, seven months before um, the Zondo Commission was actually released, that we had worked so hard. To agitate and orchestrate for. That's why, as Business Unity South Africa, we have said not only do we welcome, but we support, of course, the rewarding of whistleblowers. But we went further and said we also support their overarching recommendations that a national charter against corruption be adopted by all the social partners. That an independent public procurement anti-corruption agency that will include a council, inspectorate, litigation unit, tribunal, and even a court of appeal must be implemented. That's where we are. So we wrote to all our member organizations like BLSA to say, call your members that have been called upon to account, to take you into your confidence as to what is it that they did to show remorse, to show that they are contrite. In fact, as I end Bruce, we are saying unequivocally, you see, Bay must be charged, convicted, sentenced, and those executives must serve time together Would with you, all the... other you, if you were
2: Chief Executive of Business Leadership South Africa in April of 2021, have supported its re-inclusion into that structure, or would you have suggested to them strongly um, that they
0: should remain outside of the fold until a legal process is con- con- concluded? You see, Bruce, there are f- no more than four things that a CEO does. Number one is to look at your people. Number two is the reputation management. Number three is HSSE. Last is stakeholder management. So. EOH applied not once but three times to be members of BLSA, three times we said no, because part of what you do as a CEO is to have your ear to the ground and that intelligence and that market intelligence, we knew that they were bribing, stealing and cheating. there's no way that we could have said yes. There was nothing in our constitution, in our memorandum of incorporation, that said, we can't allow them to be members. But because we had decided on three things. Number one, to root out and defeat state capture. Number two, to protect the key state institutions against what? Against state capture. And then lastly, to position business as a national asset. We understood those three as our strategy and said, our reputation would be absolutely sacrosanct. Thanks, Bruce. Haslam
2: will answer the question. I mean, I think you've implied the answer, but you haven't given the answer. Would you have moved to block Bain's readmission into business leadership in South Africa? I
0: would have simply said to the council whose approval it is to readmit a member, to say, we have waited for four years for the Zondo Commission. We are left with only six months, it's April. Their initial scheduled date was October. Even if he's late, he gave it to us seven months later. Let's wait to see what Zondo is saying. And what Zondo is saying about Bain is not flattering. Should they be in business leadership, South Africa? Yes or no?
2: No. Should NetBank be in business leadership, South
0: Africa? Until and unless they've done everything possible to clear their name, no. And PwC?
2: No. I mean, anyone named in that Zonda report in an unflattering light should be, for the credibility of the business community, be stepping out and doing everything in their power, surely, to clear their names or at least to put up those responsible within those organizations if they acted on their own.
0: In fact, in this instance, even this LC led government is doing better than business. Because even though it took them long to implement the 54th elective conference at Nazareth, they said, if you are formally charged, you must step aside. And now they're implementing it. With us, knowing that BLSA was created for two things and two things only. To defend a party and sanction busting, we needed to be much more circumspect. Because our reputation is everything. We wanted to regain our voice and use it judiciously. We didn't need this balloo.
2: Let's move on to other things, to questions that have come from our audience and uh, lots of questions came through. Um, how do we turn around the economy? It's a nice short question with a huge amount of complexity.
0: Absolutely, so we don't need to do 25 things. We don't need a laundry list. We need to focus on no more than 10 for the entire term of a president and no more than five in this financial year. Number one on that list must be this notion of an inclusive social economic growth. Because if the economy is not growing, you might as well pack up and go. Number two, we need to close the loop of state capture by charging and ensuring that every single soldier, one of those people named, find themselves in orange overalls. Because remember, this thieves stole 1.5 trillion in five years. That's two-thirds of what Edward Keith collects in a year. If the nine wasted years, 200 billion going just to the two Zubta families on average a year, every year. Number three, the vaccine rollout. Because you see, the vaccine rollout was always about saving lives, preserving livelihoods. But most importantly, how do we break the link between infections and deaths. And the only way you can do that is through vaccinations. There's number one single biggest risk this country is facing is youth unemployment. Was 74.7%, it has gone up to 74.9%. When you have young people of military age sitting around and doing nothing, not only are you asking for trouble, you are actively inviting it. Lastly, I think we need to take seriously this notion of job creation, to give people not only their self-respect and their self-worth, but business must realize that job creation is not in and of itself. You are creating markets of the future. South Africa is too small, 6.1 million people. Nigeria is 200 million people. US of is 300 million people. Our real market must be the 1.3 billion people in Africa that we can now access through the Africa Continental Free Trade Agreement.
2: 75% youth unemployment of children of military age, which is I think a, a wonderful categorization. It's not just unkind. It's not just unfair. It's, it's actually a human rights abuse. I think as South Africans, we are universally guilty of imposing desperate circumstances on young people in an environment where growth is a choice, recovery is a choice, policy is a choice. If we keep going around and around and around in circles, failing to implement some fairly basic steps in terms of creating jobs rich, opportunistic growth. Why can we not get it right?
0: But, But you see, Bruce, it's, it's much more worse than that because the reason why our constitution is the best in the world, it's actually contained in the preamble of our constitution where it talks about three things, democratic principles, social justice, and fundamental human right. Jobs is a fundamental human right. Freedom from hunger is a fundamental human right. Most families want only three things, if my child is sick, can I get them to a hospital? Can I give them a better quality education? And can I keep them secure? And I, that's all it says. So when you look at that violence, Immediately. Absolutely. So the preamble starts by saying we the people, not the politicians. That's why as business, we are stepping up and say, we don't need government's permission to pay small and medium enterprises in 30 days so that we can move to seven, seven days, we don't need. It says towards the middle, recognizing our past injustice. And then both mandates and implores you and me to correct these past injustices. It guarantees, not just promises, the three freedoms of association of speech, but freedom from hunger. To do that, you need creators of capital. You need people
2: who are going to have the capability, the ambition, the desire, and the support in an environment where they can do so with a level of security and a level of expectation that they will be rewarded for their efforts to invest and to grow enterprises. I mean, Bitvest employs, what, 130,000 people, there or thereabouts, Um, and that is as a result of the hard work of Brian Joffe, who developed a team around him in 1987. The darkest time, I would argue darker than it is now, frankly. Um, And one individual, with a lot of help, created an enterprise which could employ 130,000 people. The Joffees, unfortunately, of this generation are losing faith and are packing their bags. And so many of them are taking those skills and those abilities to Canada, the United Kingdom, to Australia and other parts of the world and saying, you know what, actually i'm not wanted in my own country i'm not appreciated in my own country i'm going to take my skills elsewhere i may not do as well as elsewhere elsewhere but you know what at least i know i will be treated fairly and respected as a contributor to society which in a lot of cases many many business leaders and business op- people with business opportunities or ideas simply aren't in south africa
0: Sure, so bruce you say the most profound things and i could not agree with you more. And business is asking for simple things, regulatory certainty and policy stability. It's not even asking to be respected. And yet we see what happens when business steps up uh, to, uh, to, 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 to the party. The vaccine rollout is a good example. We put in the initial money to be in the COVAX program, round up the figures and say 250 million rand. we say we'll pay the first tranche, government do pay the second tranche, By the 15th of December, business had to step in again on the 28th of December to pay the second and therefore 100%. That's why in the the EU program, business has said, because we employ 16 and a half million people. Government 2.3 million with these vaccines, give them to us and then we'll make sure that we reach the target of 100,000 inoculated a day every day. Had we done that you have taken us 400 days or 13.3 months, you give them to nonmpumelon pumimaa 135,000 people. Just 90 days should be able to do that. Same thing with Imperial. Give it to Adrian God, that's two million people. You give it to Roger Baxter of the uh, Minerals Council of South, There's 400,000 miners. Now we are struggling with the issue of access. Business was the one that says, you know, if you catch the people, the 17 million who are on social security, when they come to collect their pensions, have the vaccination stations there, would not be worrying about the issue of access. Let me conclude by saying, the beauty about truly South African, proudly South African companies like Bitvest, it's SMEs, it's entrepreneurship, it's an enabling environment, it's an ease of doing business. It takes you two days to open a business in Singapore. It takes you three years to, to open a business in South Africa, 350,000, right? It takes you $2. Uh, to do that so by the time we speak about 135,000 employees the story is much bigger remember we took all our food businesses that were mostly overseas listed different uh, differently as bitcorp and that's when we split the company in half After that, Lindsay Ralph took over and he did an amazing piece of work. The first woman CEO in 32 years, Nompumele Lotembekile Madisa, is now buying businesses in the UK and Ireland. That's why we have inched it up to 135,000 employees. But guess what? 50% of our profit now comes from the companies that we bought only from last December. PHS and Noonan uh, in both Ireland and the UK. But here's the last one that really makes me absolutely energized. You look at their performance, which is a public uh, issue now because they are listed entity. In 2021, the results are better than 2020. But no, 2020, we're in a pandemic. Now the results are better than pre-COVID, which is 2019. 2019. I mean this is brilliant personally. It is brilliant uh, but
2: it's happening outside the country Um, and and, uh, I'm working on a project at the moment examining precisely this, how South Africans are forced to globalise, are forced to go outside, one to hedge themselves against South Africa risk and two um, because there just aren't the opportunities in South Africa because the environment which we have created over the last quarter of a century Well, for the first part of the quarter of a century, the first half, say the first 10 or 12 years, it was great growth, there was great opportunity and massive investment. But the second half of this quarter century has led to a destruction of value. How do we stop young people, people, entrepreneurs, people who are choosing to go to the Netherlands to go and set up headquarters rather than do it at home simply because there is too much risk? How do we turn that tide?
0: You, you're, so, you're so correct. So at 10 o'clock this morning, we met with the president of the country, Madame El-Helor Ramaphosa at NEDLEC to review the progress we have made in the economic reconstruction and recovery plan leadership team. And in our conversation with him, with labor, with civil society, and of course, government, We said we really need to rededicate ourselves to grow in this economy because not only are we seeing an economic crisis, it has now become a social crisis. And we landed on just five things. Number one, we said we needed a social compact or a grand pact, as we call it, that says what is the role of labor under these extraordinary circumstances. We can't act like it's business as usual. And what is the responsibility of business? We landed on no more than just five things. We said, number one, we needed to ensure that we address those things that keep us awake at night, like corruption. Absolutely number one that that is. Number two, we said, this organized corruption has now fomented itself into organized crime infrastructure investment that must be led by the private sector number three we said we want to give the state capacity number four we said to government you see this cadre kind of de- developed de- deployment has to stop because if you're giving us your best candidate would leave you alone but you're giving us absolutely the worst pick up the best from the 60.1 million south africans lastly we said the issue of energy you see the link between an accessible, reliable, predictable energy supply as a fourth means of production and growing economies is truly irrefutable.
2: I look at the year 2022 and I see us bumbling rather than progressing. And I see us bumbling because we have a president who is a remarkably charming and nice man. Um, I see a president who is potentially vulnerable within his own party to forces that are rallying against him. I mean, it is the disparate and the desperate and the outcasts of the ANC, people who, frankly, if they disappeared off the planet tomorrow, I don't know other than members of their immediate families and each other who would miss them. But there are these risks political risks in South Africa, and until somehow those political risks can be put to one side and we can have a single-minded focus on growth and opportunity, we bumble.
0: You are con- a, bumb- a bumbling here in your view? Yeah, we are bumbling. And it's unfortunate that the ANC Elective Conference has now come up as a major risk uh, to our prospects and indeed our potential, and it shouldn't be. And we raised this sharply with the President. But you see, we didn't even talk about the other risks. Like we spoke glibly around transformation, about law enforcement. What really shocked me, Bruce, was the two weeks in July, the three buckets. One was, of course, the agitator, the orchestrators, the data, they are known, but why are they not arrested? Number two, it's the 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 people that are are really common criminals and facts but the bigger chunk 80 percent of the people in the middle are people with genuine desperation because of the issues that you i you and i have spoken about until and unless you address that let me tell you that the two weeks in July of rampant gluten is going to happen again and again and again. Lastly, even if you look at the vaccination program, again, there are three buckets of people. There are anti-vaxxers, it doesn't matter what you do, we'll never be able to change them. Small minority, a, a slightly bigger pool, is those people that could do with more dispassionate facts and more size. But the bigger chunk of it, the majority of the people, is people who just don't have access. I mean, if I have 50 rand, in fact, 30 rand to spend on bread and milk. And now you're asking me to spend 50 rand from a monroe and Kansa, Tuba, Tuba Langa, Nyanga, and Guguletu to go to a vaccination station. I'll spend 30 rand on bread and milk. So it's the issue of access. Bruce. Paint a picture of 2022, December 2022, and beyond. What do you think? <laughs> Precisely because as business would have stepped up to the plate, would have done our bit, would have arrested the social decline, would have held these thieves uh, to account, we'll be seeing people in orange overalls. We will then accompany the president as he speaks to analysts and investors to say foreign direct investment that is fronted. By direct domestic investment, because investment doesn't come into a country, it's one business talking to another business, because there are projects in which they can invest, they've worked out their own internal rate of return. 2022 can be better when the president can assume his leadership role, stop consulting ad nauseum. I think consultation is good. We confuse consultation with court determination. It's your job as the president, the job of a leader. It's not about being popular. Lastly, I think as South Africans, we have reclaimed our streets where everybody feels safe and our women can walk to an ATM at 23.30 with their Maltese Poodle to withdraw money. Because at the moment, I can't even do that in Bedford View at 12 noon driving because I know somebody's watching me between the ATM and my car, my money will be taken. This must be a country of laws, not a country of- That is an
2: aspiration. For many people, it seems like a pipe dream. What will lead to
0: that being realized? Two things, Bruce. You know, the pandemic has taught us a number of things. The number one lesson is that when Fisher women can go out to sea, they repair their nets. What are we doing as South Africans to repair our nets, to make sure that when the economy opens up and we can fly again, that we have placed ourselves and set ourselves up for success to be globally competitive? That's number one. We need to really be reflective about that. The second, we spoke about youth unemployment, but the message is simple. You see a village that does not embrace. A young person, its youth will bend the village in order to feed its warmth. At the moment, many South Africans have nothing to lose. A person that has a house, even if it's an RDP house, they don't go around stealing things and destroying things that don't belong to them. Bruce? Well, uh, Thank you
2: very much indeed. Lots of sage guidance, lots of wisdom, lots of Aggravation, I think, debubbling bubbling inside you, but you control it well. <laughs> Lots of frustration at the slow progress of change. But thank you very much for sharing your perspectives with us here on PSG. Thank you very much. Humbled beyond with say.
0: Thank you.
1: Thank you, Bruce, and Nsatipunang, truly gripping stuff. So many takeaways for me, but against the background of all the bumbling that we find ourselves in, It seems that while government does have a critical role to play, so too do the other social partners, business, labor, and civil society, let's each do our part. It is important to remember that where there is disruption, there will also be recovery. We see then that during these uncertain times, our emotions can sometimes be our worst enemy. As 2022 unfolds, It is important that you partner with a skilled and trusted financial advisor to ensure you stay the course and that your financial plan is being implemented and on track. If you do have an advisor, I encourage you to engage with them. And if you don't, please do get in touch with us. We welcome your feedback, so please do communicate with us and be sure to register for our next exciting speaker in the Big series. Cheers for now.